Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome, everybody, to the program. I'm Marianne Camarado, and you've tuned in to Marianne Live, and I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, we are going to arrive together. That's the first thing we do here at Marianne Live. If you don't know where you've tuned into and you just kind of like the sound of this and some of my guests and you were doing a little homework, um, just to reiterate what we are committed to here at Marianne Live is helping you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships, starting with the relationship you have with yourself. And the realm of relationship, given we are relationship and relationship creatures, is very vast. And for the last 12 years, we've been bringing you information, guests from all over the world, experts, spiritual teachers, academics, and so on, who have devoted their lives to helping you better yours. So uh, in that, in the spirit of that, what we do at the top of every hour is we help you cultivate and deepen your practice and whatever that is for you. If you don't have much of a practice and you're looking for new parts to add, that's great. We're going to be engaging in some practice here in just a few minutes. Uh, and if you already have a rich practice but you love what we do at the top of the hour, um, we're going to just press on into more of that interior relatedness with ourself, our connection with the divine and our uh, cultural uh, cosmic connection with each other. Nisha, I hear you in the background. I'm just going to ask you to mute your phone. Um, So that's my guest, and she's joining us at the top of the hour here. She's going to do practice with us. Um, So go ahead, everybody, and find your breath. Just noticing where your breath is calling you in your body. Where does your attention go when I invite you to your breath? Yeah. Might be in your belly. You notice it streaming in and out of your nose. Could be the rise and fall of your chest. We're just going to find our breath and help us arrive here through bringing our awareness to our breath. Just settling into that breath. And sometimes finding your breath is an uncomfortable experience, noticing that, trying not to judge it doing whatever you need to do to tolerate whatever's coming up or enjoy 
or just notice what's here when I find my breath. Paying attention to the particular quality of your breath, that's all. Enjoying, tolerating, experiencing, noticing your breath, right? That's it. You might add a little bit of depth, if that feels right, by just giving yourself a deeper breath. Seeing if that helps you arrive, get present, as they say, so we can receive our guest's presence within us for this hour. When we're fully here, we can receive better, we can assimilate better, we can understand, make sense and meaning better. So any gifts that you receive, you'll want to be able to get the most out of that. So this exercise, while I can't be reminded enough, simple as it may be, it's just to help you start to regulate and settle, arrive, and be present. A gift, a luxury even, for so many of us. I'd say for any of us. To just pause in this moment. And you might even give yourself a little hello. Hello, spirit. How is my spirit? today. Hello, body. How is my body today? Might do a scan, noticing if there's any tension, adding breath there, just checking in, saying hello. And as you start to take your next breath and exhale, let's turn our attention towards the next part of our practice, which is cultivating gratitude, not the cliche kind, <laughs> the real kind, which can be very challenging. There's so much on your plate, so many demands, even if it's empty space that you didn't want even if it's a loss that you've experienced in your life that is taking you in a direction you don't want to be going, feelings you don't want to be feeling. This time of year can be very difficult, bringing up all kinds of things. The loss of family, the way it used to be, the way we want it to be, the way it is, and just noticing if you can find some way to land on a person or a group of people that have helped you in some way navigate your way here in a positive light. Something that someone has done or a group of people have helped you do to accomplish something that's good that's wholesome, that's solid, that's supportive. Just taking a moment to let that person or group of people come to mind. It could, if you can't find anyone, I invite people to think about the food in your belly. Every time I drive by the coast in the, that central valley, I think of all the hundreds and thousands of people 
that make it possible for me to feed myself every day. I get welled up with emotion. Their backs bent over picking and plucking and cleaning and hoeing and, and so on. In the wee hours of the morning, and my body fills with gratitude. The electronic device you're using, the people who've helped you grieve the losses in your lives, helped you put your life back together, helped you make it through another holiday season, another Thanksgiving, another end of a relationship, a new beginning, fear of the unknown. Whatever it is, find that person or group and let's just settle for a moment noticing if we can conjure that feeling through this portal, that feeling of gratitude. Going down your list, I'm thankful for, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful I can take a deep breath. I'm grateful I can speak out loud. I'm grateful I have a voice. I'm grateful I am on the other side of the ground. What a blessing it is each day. Even though it's hard, oftentimes. And just spending another moment there, resting in the gratitude. The folks who make it possible for us to do what we do including for me, our honorary sponsor, the OneWorldChildrensFund.org, the National Action Organization, and at the local level, the Open Secret Bookstore in Northern California. So grateful. Grateful to our radio station, HealthyLife.net Radio, to all of my guests these 12 years, to my parents who brought me here, to my brain, my body, my breath, right? The list is long to my animals, to my friends, neighbors, my pets, creatures, the birds, the sun for shining, just letting that really soak in and shine through as we feel the beauty of cultivating that gratitude through very specific intention. We're going to turn our attention to our guest today, Nisha Zenoff. She's joining us. She's here to talk about an amazing, amazing book she's written and a story that she's lived to endure and turn around and help others endure. She's written a book called The Unspeakable Loss, How Do You Live After a Child Dies? We're going to be talking with her in just a moment for the rest of the hour, turning our attention to loss to facing what we feel we cannot, what will extinguish us, what we cannot bear. Yep, that's what we're going to be talking with, with Nisha about. Nisha offers support, guidance, and wisdom to mothers who've experienced the death of a child as well as her personal story after the death of her beloved 17-year-old son, Victor, and shares her insights as a grief counselor and psychotherapist throughout the book. Uh, she helps chart the long path from the worst possible nightmare, shock, trauma, and overwhelming pain to a life that once again miraculously contains joy, love, and laughter. Isha addresses the importance of self-compassion and self-care. 
to joining us this hour. We're so happy to have you on the program, Nisha. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you for such a beautiful opening to your show. Mm. Oh, we need it. Oh, we do. We really need it. Oh, my God. It was delicious. Thank you. My pleasure. We need it. And doing it together is, is delightful and a blessing. So, yes, turning our attention now, right, turning, turning to face sometimes what we feel like we cannot face. Nisha, you know this better than many of us and have faced an unspeakable loss. This book, what, what a heroic and courageous journey for you to write this book. Can you tell us a little bit about your background as a psychotherapist and um, how this book came about, uh, you sharing it with us? Certainly. Can you hear me okay, Marianne? I can hear you okay. Okay, great. Um, yes, this book was 30 years in the making, and I was already a grief counselor and a psychotherapist and a dance movement therapist. When uh, my oldest child—excuse <coughs> me, my oldest child, Victor—died in a hiking accident in Yosemite in 1980, and at that time. Nothing I knew professionally all the years of my professional experience helping others to cope with loss, nothing mattered, nothing helped me with my own pain, grief, and devastation. I was blessed to have two other surviving children, a husband, clients, but nothing helped me at that time. And I decided that I wanted to reach out to the experts and the experts were other bereaved families who were surviving. Mm. And I actually made a vow at the time, shortly after Victor died, that if I could survive, which seemed unlikely to me at the time, if I survived, I would do whatever I could to support other people to survive and to live and to thrive after the death of a child mm. or children. Mm. Oh and um, I didn't think I could survive because there were no guide maps, there were no rules to follow, and nothing I had learned professionally seemed to help. So again, I reached out and started asking the question that I was obsessed with, how do you live after a child dies? How do you live with a broken heart? How do you continue to mother your other children if you're blessed enough to have other children? How do you stay in a relationship? How do you live when the rest of the world is going on as if nothing happened? And I would ask bereaved parents who were far ahead of me on this journey. And that really is what this book is made of. It's made of many, many spirits, hearts, souls who have been willing to talk with me about their journey after the death of their child or children. Mm. Oh. I mean, seriously, seriously, anybody out there right now is gasping, just probably clutching your heart, your chest. If you have lost a child, if you know someone who's lost a child, if you've lost anyone close to you, this is truly 
a situation that most of us feel there are no words for. Like you said, how do you cope? How do you survive? How do you just even go on? Uh, Nisha, what a courageous thing that you did to not only experience the, the you know, unspeakable kind of pain that you must have been feeling, but to have the wherewithal to, to look around and try to find some way of supporting yourself when you didn't have a model for doing it or, you know, a clue, really. Even even you in the field, right? That This is astonishing. Right, exactly. Where, where did that come from inside of you, do you think? The, the you mean the passion to find the answers or to yeah. find the guidelines? Yeah. It was a matter of survival. I didn't have any idea how I would survive. But I see people surviving all the time. In fact, you, we think that the death of a child is unusual because it is so out of the natural order of things. But, Marianne, unfortunately, there are children dying every day all over the world, yeah. here in other countries. And it's not actually so unusual. But there's been like a taboo to talk about it because mm -hmm. we don't want it to be contagious. Mm -hmm. We don't want to bring up someone else's pain by mentioning their child who died. And so it's been sort of a hush-hush um, uh, topic. And you asked where that came from in me. I remember when I was 10 years old living in Savannah, Georgia, and um, I saw a portrait of a cousin over my aunt's fireplace, and I asked my mother, who was that young man staring down at me every time I went to visit my aunt? Mm -hmm. And my mother said, Shh, don't ask now, I'll tell you when we leave the house. And when we left, my mother said that was Walter, Aunt Lena's 19-year-old son, who died on his way back to the Army base in 1943. But no one, especially Aunt Lena, mentions his name. And I remember that as if it was yesterday. And then what happened was Aunt Lena's daughter had a young child, a baby, and named him after the uncle that died. They named him Walter. And unfortunately, Aunt Lena never mentioned her grandchild's name, Walter. So this young boy, this, this young man, of course now he's in his 60s, grew up with not ever being addressed by his grandmother as Walter. She called him Billy, gave him a nickname. So in those days, there just wasn't enough known about grief and grieving, mm -hmm. and Aunt Lena suffered alone. And this was a very strong memory of mine as a child. Thank you for sharing that. Tell, tell us a little bit about why our culture, do you think, still has such a difficult time uh, with loss, death, grief, all of, all of the above? That's a, that's a great $64,000 question. Yeah, right. We, we certainly are um, a death-denying culture, and we are so focused on living this life um, I mean, obviously, I don't know the answer to that question. That's the question that, that's been uh, yeah. focused <laughs> for, for years and years. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross certainly did her share of trying to bring it out of the closet, death and dying.
Yeah. When we come back from the break, uh, Nisha Zenoff and I will be continuing the conversation about loss, the unspeakable loss, the title of her book, How Do You Live After a Child Dies. We return right here on Marion Live. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back in just a moment. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, The Great Relationships Begin Within, Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. back everybody thanks for being with us this is a difficult conversation yet a critical inquiry for all of us we live we are born we live and we die and our culture Nisha Nisha Zenoff is in the house by the way if you're just tuning into Marianne live we're talking about her new book the unspeakable loss how do you live after a child dies Nisha, you said something really powerful. You said we are a death-denying culture. We were exploring why we have so much trouble feeling grief, talking about death and loss, and you said, you know, we've been trying to answer this question forever, yet you have your own ideas. Just continue sharing that with us. 
Okay, right before the break, I just mentioned that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did so much to bring death out of the closet because she worked with dying people. And it was her idea that we have stages of grief, but her grief stages, <coughs> excuse me, were uh, really discovered by working with people who were dying. And a lot has changed in understanding dying and understanding grief in the, in the last many decades. And one of the things we know about grief now is that it does not come in concrete stages that are measurable and follow in a, a linear order. That grief is very unpredictable and, it's very, and it affects us uh, mentally, psychologically, spiritually. And that it, grief is a natural response to the loss of a loved one or the loss of a loved thing. And that it, there is absolutely not one way to grieve, just like there's not one way to love. And everyone finds their own way to go through this, this uh, initiation of grief. But that grief is absolutely not contagious. It's not a disease that has to be fixed or cured. Grief is healthy that grief or the deeper truth of grieving is that it's a sign of love and that uh, if we become friends with grief, if we don't fight it, push away from it, um, if we allow ourselves to have all of our experiences, this is how we begin to heal and comfort our broken heart. Right, and let's remind folks, just so you know in sort of the practical sense here in the Western culture, our Western civilized culture, feeling all the way out loud was called hysteria, and people would lock you up, okay? This is not like there's no reason for not feeling our feelings. There was a reason we locked them up and put them away. They were misunderstood, misnamed, mistreated. We are just now getting to the point where we understand that we need to feel and heal and deal with all of what lives in our embodied experience. So it's not like that, you know, this is uh, nothing, right? This is, this is a really important point here, uh, the way that we have... Um, been in misrelationship with our sense of emotion. For example, the African culture, you, you look at the way some of those um, cultures within, you know, the microcultures grieve. They wail, they moan, they, and the culture supports it. Right? Exactly. They, get, they, they come together in circles and they scream and they shake and they, you know, as long as necessary. Other cultures wear black to let people know I'm grieving, right? So we are trying, your book is and in my opinion, an invitation for us back to what is natural and normal and takes us off our point. We come undone. That's natural, correct? You are so right, Marianne. And I would love to give you and your listeners an example. Please. After Victor died, um, I went into his closet and I just grabbed all of his clothes and I was oh. smelling his clothes and oh. smelling his clothes. And my husband saw me in the closet, and he was very worried that I was going crazy. So he called a friend of ours who was a psychiatrist, and he said, Nisha's in the closet with Victor's clothes, crying and wailing. And the psychiatrist, and he said, I'm worried that she's going crazy. She's lost her mind. And the psychiatrist, thank God, said, no, she's not going crazy. 
if she didn't do that, that would be crazy. Yes. Yes, that's a beautiful, oh, I have goosebumps all over my body. We can feel it. I know if you're just joining us, Nisha Zenoff is with us. She's written a book. Oh, my gosh, people. Whoa, hang on to yourself, right? The unspeakable loss. How do you live after a child dies? For, for those of you who have lost a child, lost your child at whatever stage of life, it is truly an unspeakable loss that most of us will never know. Yet, I love that you said this. It was so important, Nisha. It happens every day, everywhere, all of the time. But in, in our culture, we are in that death denial, right? We, we just don't want to feel it. We don't want to say it. We don't want to name it. So you have uh, been another healer coming to the fore saying to us through your own story, your own grief and loss, we need to feel our feelings. Now, that being said, Nisha, within the cultural climate, I know your book points to that, how do we begin to do so when we are not even knowing what we're feeling, right? We might not even be able to name the grief that we're feeling or someone near you or loved one or a friend is going through. How do we get started understanding the process here of grief? Okay. Yes, uh, that's, that's really very, very crucial. And I want to mention that even if one hasn't lost a child to death, everybody knows somebody who has. It's astounding that people will say, I haven't, but everybody knows somebody. And so the first thing is to know that you are not alone that you can get through this, you can survive this, others have, and you do not have to suffer alone. And there are many ways to get um, support while you're going through this unimaginable experience of, of not knowing what's coming next. And one of the things I want to uh, mention is a wonderful support group called The Compassionate Friends. It's a non-denominational, international support group whose whole purpose is to support people who are experiencing the death of a child. And there are local chapters all over our country. We have one here in Marin up in Nevada, and there are many great chapters around. And that's, you know, online you can, you can find out where the chapter is closest to you. There's also the Bereaved Parents USA, and there's another organization called Open to Hope which deals with grief of every sort, and it's online. So that's one way to go to, um, to get support. And a grief support group is not for everyone. Some people prefer to see a therapist who is very trained in grief, which is very important if you're seeing a therapist. That therapist has to have experience or training in grief. So in your opening, you talked about gratitude and you talked about honoring and having compassion for yourself and so that's where I want to start which is when we're grieving we do not recognize ourselves we can feel that we have brain damage like I remember not mm. remembering if a stoplight red meant stop or go mm. we can feel crazy we can have what's called grief brain where you have no concentration where you can't focus on anything. And then physically, we can feel like mm. we can feel like we have the flu or pneumonia. 
Mm-hmm. Hold that thought, Nisha. We have to go to break. We are going to continue to make our way down the list of symptoms, of signs, of what it is to grieve, how you can get help, what kind of support there is. Uh, when we return right here on Marianne Live, more with Nisha Zenoff. We'll be back right after these messages. Don't touch that dial. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Life Life Drama drama for us. Us. Shh. Over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. And Nisha uh, Zenoff, who's with us right now, who's written a book for you, The Unspeakable Loss, How Do You Live? after a child dies. And, Nisha, during the break, you reminded me of something. Um, This, even speaking out loud about this loss, the title of your book, The Unspeakable Loss, it's so important to be able to give a voice, to be able to use your voice to say, I am not okay, I need help, I am experiencing something, I don't know what I need, I don't know what I'm feeling. This is a critical piece, and Nisha Zenoff's book will help you get to the next place. So you're not alone, as you said, Nisha. You're not alone. That's number one. There are resources. We've named a few. You can go back and listen to the show again and again. We're going to give you Nisha's website so you can have access to her and the resources she wants to share. Now, Nisha, you are going through the list of other symptoms that we might be feeling and what we can do about those when we have, uh, when we're facing this unspeakable loss. Yes, well, one of the symptoms is actually not being able to read. In fact, that's why my book is written in a question and answer format. 
and you can pick up my book anywhere. You do not have to read it from cover to cover because when we're grieving, our brain does not want to hear somebody else's details of their story that overwhelms us. We're suffering with our own overwhelm. So I also made an audio version of my book, which is narrated by me, and it's, it's very intimate, and you do not have to read to get this information. You can just listen. You can be on your sofa and just listen. So one of the things I wanted to pay attention to is how we feel physically, and one of the um, experiences that's helpful to people in grief is to put one hand over your heart, the other hand over your belly, and just gently, like you were doing at the beginning of our opening, Marianne, just gently allowing yourself to breathe and to say to yourself, I am part of humanity. Mm. I am human. In this moment, I am suffering, but I am not alone. Please, may I have compassion for my own broken heart and allow yourself just to breathe in compassion for your own broken heart while you just gently touch your heart and your belly and just giving your you're, you're giving yourself compassion when you don't even <laughs> think you have anything to give mm -hmm. um, so we've talked about the um, confusion of grief brain, we've talked about feeling like you have the flu, um, and then feeling alone, out of sync with the rest of the world. And that's why reaching out to a support group where there are others who have experienced this and are further ahead on this journey can be so um, supportive as you walk this walk one day at a time, and you're reaching out into the unknown each step of the way. Beautiful. Well, these are important, important characterizations, especially when you feel overwhelmed. Uh, you get that grief brain, as you call it. Um, I imagine our listeners are uh, relating, and we all know someone who's lost, who's lost a child, if you haven't lost one yourself. Um, and, you know, if you've lost anyone, grief can be devastating. Which brings to mind the next question that I have for you is, I remember I lost my best friend. Um, I, she died in a car accident with four other gals. I was grounded. I wasn't allowed to go. I would have been with them. I was 14. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was 14 years old. My best friend uh, was decapitated in this car accident. And I'll tell you, I couldn't feel anything for years. Mm -hmm. I did mm -hmm. not cry at the funeral. I was just shut down. I was incapable of feeling my feelings. I had no resources at the time. That's different today. We do, but here's my question. When I did start to grieve, because this can happen for folks, right? You are absolutely can't handle the feelings, don't have the bandwidth for whatever reason, and then when it finally did come up, I felt like I was nuts. Mm -hmm. I thought, mm -hmm. how could it be all these years later I am grieving the loss in and, and, and such a way? Not that you're not grieving in some way during that time, 
But so there's my question. We can maybe not be ready to cope. And then how long is too long? Because I've had other losses where I felt like I am just not over this, and it's two and three years and five years later, and that's just the way it is. Talk to us about the, how we grieve, when we grieve, and how long is too long. Okay, and, and first of all, I just want to say my heart goes out to mm. you for the death of your mm. beloved friend. What a mm. horrible trauma. Mm. Um, there is no too long with grief. Some grief lasts a lifetime, and there is no uh, closure. Um, some things are just too painful to ever, quote, uh, completely heal, mm. and there is no finish line for grief. It's up to you individually how you choose to to live your life. What you described, Marianne, was such a, a typical teenage response as well because teenagers grieve differently than adults. They can grieve while they're listening to music or hanging out with their friends and not wanting their parents to know that they're grieving because they're waiting for their parents to be stable again. So your question, how long is too long, someone asked me the other day, I haven't put a headstone up for a couple of years, and I said there's no, there's no right time to do that. It's about what feels right to you, to your family, to your individuals that are directly related. The grief really should be a no-judgment, no-criticism zone. It's just how your heart needs to heal itself, and sometimes it takes a heck of a lot longer than we ever want it to. But with grief, and grief is so different because it, with like depression, you don't feel like you have any, any juice at all. And with grief, you can find yourself laughing sometimes and then go back to feeling devastated. So there is just absolutely no right or wrong time. Um, to heal your heart. It's an ongoing process. It's one day at a time. Well, you know, I, I just relaxed so much when you said that. I, I don't know about you out there listening, as you relaxed some. There is such a stigma around how long is too long to feel anything in our culture, right? We just, we need to get over it, move on, all of this. Even you saying that you were sorry for a loss I experienced so long ago, made me want to reach back out to you and say, I, I was even afraid to say that to you. I'm sorry for your loss. I, it's like I don't want to bring it up. I don't want you to feel any more pain, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we're so careful with each other, and it just felt so good to hear thank you. And, and back to you. I am so sorry for your loss. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's un unbelievable what you had to endure. Well, it's also Victor and his life that gets me through every day. And I'm sitting here right now with a beautiful photograph of my precious beloved son, Victor, who would be 54 right now, Marianne. I can't believe wow. it. Wow. I saw his girlfriend the other day, and I saw her the last time she was 18 years old. And I said to her, oh, my God, Mona, how old are you now? And she said, I'm 54. And I almost oh. cracked up. I said, I can't <laughs> believe it. Wow. So, you know, when Freud, um, years, decades ago, we learned that we have to detach from our beloved ones who have died in order to get on with life. Mm. 
But now, many decades later, there is something that I believe bereaved families have helped put into the research of grief, and it is called continuing or ongoing bonds. Mm -hmm. And that means, yes, the physical body dies for sure. We bear it's gone. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah, hold that thought, Nisha. We're yes. going to go to break. Yes, and and there are things we can do, people we stay connected to and bonded to. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation here. Uh, right here on Marian Live, Nisha Zenoff, we're going to be talking with her more about how does this loss affect our marriage and how do we move on, what kind of support we can get, and how can people be helpful or not with the way that they support you. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlive.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com what does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Life.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, everybody. Nisha Zanoff is with us uh, in the house. We're talking about her new book, The Unspeakable Loss, How Do You Live After a Child Dies? Nisha, during, uh, before the break, you were talking about the, the way, sort of the old paradigm of thinking about grief and you need to detach, and now you're saying, you know what, we need these ongoing bond experiences, bonding experiences, like with you, with your son's uh, ex-girlfriend or girlfriend at the time, and that helps you heal. You have a relationship with his, the life that you did have with him. We start to change our focus. So let's talk about the way that uh, this loss can negatively impact our relationships like marriage. 
Okay, so there's a myth that goes around that bereaved families get divorced more often than non-bereaved families. That is actually a myth. Research has shown uh, Shirley Murphy, a retired professor from University of Washington, conducted a study that tracked 271 bereaved couples over 25 years. She found that the often repeated assertion that losing a child destroys a relationship is just not true. And my own research, even though it was a much smaller sample, found that as well. Yes, with a couple or with family members, you are on a roller coaster. People are grieving at different times, and you will come up with um, conflicts. And that's like every other relationship, learning to build trust again, learning to understand each other, and most of all, having compassion for your differences. This is a good time to reach out to a grief counselor to help when conflict comes up. But it is a myth that bereaved parents uh, get divorced more often. The, the statistic, even though it's hard to measure, is that it's the same as our national average. Wow, that's an amazing statistic. Good to know, everybody. Keep that foremost and center if you are a person in the midst of this kind of loss or know someone else we're going to give you some resources here in just a minute tell us what do you not say to someone who is going through this what you do not say is i know how you feel because that's an impossibility no one else can know what anyone else is feeling you have other children don't you it doesn't matter how many children you have when you have the death of one child you still have the death of that other child god takes the good ones he's in a better place these are things that the person who is saying them is trying to say, I wish I could take away your pain. I wish you didn't have to feel this. Mm. Truly, the best thing you can do is show, show up. Show up by a note, show up by a phone call, by an email, by a hug. Just be present and listen to your bereaved family and friends without critiquing, giving them advice, giving them criticism or telling them what to do. Just showing up with your love. Yes, and I love what you said, saying, I wish I could take this pain away from you. I mean, that's something to say. That's you know, right. it really is something, and it's sometimes we just are at a loss for words, so thank you for that. We're at the top of the hour, Nisha. What resources do you want to connect us to, including, let's start with, how do we get a copy of your book? Thank you so much. You can order my book. You can go to my website, theunspeakableloss.com. You can order it right from there. Or you can go to um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. All the bookstores should be carrying it. It's also in the audible.com for the audio version. Um, and, yeah, if you have trouble finding it, email me at nishazenoff at gmail.com and let me know you're having trouble finding it. I want you to have it, and I want you to share it. Beautiful. And the resources that you have in the book, there are places to go, people to see, groups to be part of, including and beginning with starting with identifying what you're feeling and what you need and creating a plan in the midst of all of what feels like the life that you had is gone and things are swirling around you. Your, this book will be invaluable for you. Uh, as we hit the top of the hour, the last thing I want to talk about is your relationship with God. Mm. You know, this is a very tricky place for people. I can only imagine railing if you had any relationship with God or the divine or whatever. How on earth could you take away my child and so on and so forth? And how is your relationship today? How has it changed? Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go really quickly. <laughs> um, I, 
first of all, I do have a relationship with my divine, my higher power, uh, my universal spirit. I call God. And when Victor died, I was furious with God. How could you do this? But I knew that if I didn't have a relationship with God, I felt I couldn't go through life. And so it was, I feel it's my relationship with whatever is this thing that created the mountains and the ocean that I don't understand that's bigger than me. But I have to also speak to those who do not have faith or where faith is not an option. And I have a wonderful friend, uh, Peggy Johnson, who is a bereaved parent, and she's educated me so much on how you get by when faith is not an option. And some of the things that we do, those of us who have believe in God and some of those who do not have faith, we do the same things, which is rely on family and friends, on nature, on distractions, on other people who have experienced this uh, loss and grief that are going beyond us. So it's so individual. And it's up to each person to decide what's right for them. No shame, no blame. Oh, what a beautiful response. Thank you for sharing that. And truly, uh, we all out here, uh, anybody listening to this program, we want to reiterate your loss was unspeakable. We're so sorry you had to go through that. And including in that statement is a well of gratitude for you taking your experience uh, all of the years you've worked so hard to create this book a pathway a guide step by step a context for us to understand uh through your unspeakable loss thank you so much nisha thank you so much for having me and just one more thing which is we can't change the fact that our child died but we can choose how we want to live this life, and we can make it a better life in honor of our child who died and our surviving children. Thank you for that. I was just going to ask you, what do you want to leave us with? And you were right ahead of me. Yes, we can't do anything about it, and we have many resources thanks to folks like you, Nisha. You are the best. Welcome welcome to the program anytime in the coming years. Please let us know what you're up to. And, folks, don't forget you can go to Nisha's website. It is theunspeakableloss.com for ways to stay connected and find out more and get a copy of her book. Sit tight. We're going to go to break. We'll be back for a wrap right after these messages. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. 
And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Very difficult topic, a reality that most of us, you know, we don't even want to speak the words. We don't even want to imagine what this gorgeous woman has been through and has been strong enough to give us tools to deal with. Uh, I'd like to offer you another tool. Uh, My husband and I created a divination deck. We love using this deck. It is a way we connect with our inner wisdom, with divine wisdom, Sometimes when we are feeling the most low, low, out of touch with our God self, uh, it is a way for us to reconnect portals of reconnection, the, the language, the color therapy, the numerology, uh, the, the, the ancient symbols, and so forth. We call it the great relationships begin within divination deck. Uh, maybe this can help. The holidays are upon us. Get a deck. Reach out. Share it with someone else. Staying connected to the divine, being connected to each other, that is what is going to help us endure whatever comes our way, loss, uh, and everything else that life keeps bringing. So I wish you every blessing this holiday season. It's been such a joy and a privilege to be working for you uh, in service to you these last 12 years, uh, and I do hope our paths cross again in the near future. You can find us at MarianneLive.com. It's been a a privilege and a pleasure to be of service. I wish you every blessing. Go do something good for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. We'll see you next time.